0: Hello, friends. Welcome once again to the Perfect Bound Podcast. This is a podcast all about anything and everything comic books and comics related, brought to you by the Panel Jumper and Comic Extension. My name is Ben. With me, as always, is Chris Casso. Hello. Cole Hornaday. Hey, Ben. And Nicole I Am. Hi there. Hello. How are all y'all? Doing all good. right. Good. Good. Mm-hmm.
1: Staying cool.
2: Surprisingly cool. It's actually
1: not that bad right now.
0: No.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: What it peaked out like about ninety degrees today? Yeah, ninety. Yeah. It was ninety. Well, definitely yeah. it was it was eighty when I left.
0: It uh, was definitely uh, ninety, 90
2: at some point if it yeah. went higher.
0: I I spent yesterday and today moving or uh, not yesterday and today the day before yesterday and today Tuesday and Wednesday moving a five hundred pound portable air conditioner up five steps and then <laughs> back down five steps. It was, uh, it was for my theater company, and we rented this unit, and we just couldn't get it around the corner, oh. and, but it was 500 pounds, and there's four of us struggling for this thing. Oh I God. swear to God, it was the scariest thing I've ever done. What um, happened? Um, we had to send it back. And get Seriously? a smaller one, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. It is a it is terrible. But for well, we have plans to bring to bring professional movers in to get
3: another one in Good. soon. Yeah, they, um, the the uh, AC at my bank uh, apparently went kaput, and I walked in and. I felt like I was walking into a scene from Terry Gilliam's Brazil because they had (laughs) all these portable units (laughs) and these portable units, these big, they looked, they were the size of refrigerators and painted like off blue, but there are these giant white Ducts. Ducks tubes, yeah. Ducts That's everywhere. That's the exhaust. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like down out of the ceiling and sneaking around the floor. And I'm like, <laughs> this is just. And I should have gotten a picture of it and made some clever quip pertaining to Terry Gilliam and Brazil. But I didn't because, you know, after the fact, it's. Far funnier. Yeah, I'll just go back to the bank tomorrow. <laughs> hey. Yeah, uh, apparently
0: Terry Gilliam's a terrible person, but yeah, let's yeah. not dwell on oh. that too much. Let's talk about the Green Lantern, everybody. Green Lantern. Yeah, DC Comics is, of course, relaunching it, and it's going to be written by Grant Morrison. So he's going to be writing it on the ongoing? Yes. Wow. Yeah, with yeah. Liam Sharp on with art. With Liam Sharp on art. Oh. It's a oh. big... Oh, oh, oh and... I don't care for Liam oh, Sharp. Okay. I think he's... No. Instead of I'd, the bid This is a quote... Uh, Uh, from morrison instead of the big epic 12-part stories we're focusing down on the everyday life of a space cop basically it's no more apocalypse
1: ending storylines i get the feeling that this is gonna be like in the tone of klaus where it's just him like i'm gonna have fun and be mostly coherent Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm gonna be weird but still coherent right yeah yeah so and you
2: can get weird with green lanterns yeah
1: well with this artist so I I do agree he's not great mm-hmm. for every project but he did a run of man thing back in the 90s mm-hmm. and when they had Doctor Strange Silver Surfer show up it got mind-blowingly cosmic hmm. and and just I don't think I ever read that really odd and weird mm-hmm. and that that him doing that kind of cosmic looked great. Okay. So I looked back at some of that art recently and it feels like the right Picture perfect thing for this project, right? Um, and I would have to imagine Morrison chose him specifically for this. Sure. So I think there, he, he, he has can. some ideas because yeah. of the
3: weirdness of the style. Well, um, I just, I, I just was kind of surprised to see that he's planning to do this regular run of this mainstream character and he doesn't have a lot of plans to blow doors and and experiment with psychedelics or, you know, self-reflexivity or anything. But, you know, I really enjoyed his run on X-Men, um, Mm -hmm. a lot because he, he can't help but be wacky at some level, um, and challenge, uh, superhero tropes and whatnot. So I'm going to read this series because I like Morrison. Um, he's, uh, because he's smart and, um, But I feel that he can be smart without being um, patronizing or making the reader regret that they, you know, had their intellect challenged by reading his stuff. I I, like him a lot. He doesn't get snooty often. No, he doesn't. And he gets snooty at those who are snooty, which I Mm -hmm. cannot help but respect. So, (laughs) Alan Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So, the article that I was reading didn't have a release date. Do we know when the Grant Morrison Green Lantern is going to be coming out? I couldn't find any. No solicitations yet? Yeah. All right look for that in the future yes <laughs> okay uh moving on uh, marvel and idw are going to be teaming up Uh, it's, it's a move, this, uh, this is from Pace Magazine, it's a move that sounds stunning on the surface, but has been predicted by industry insiders for the past few years. So, basically what they're doing is they're taking Marvel Comics' biggest characters, and it's going to be edited and published by IDW for a brand new line, uh, uh, aimed for the middle grade age range, which is about 8 to 12 years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, this is... Uh, fulfilling something that uh, Scott who uh, owns the store or is president of the board of directors of the store um, had kind of started to put forth a couple years ago because uh, it IDW has been printing Disney comics mm-hmm even though Marvel owns the characters and the, right. or Disney owns Marvel. So you think, like, Yo, you own a publishing company, why don't you just have Marvel do them? Marvel's not suited to do kids' books. They don't care to do them anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, okay, give it to somebody who can do a good job. Mm-hmm. And they do that with the Star Wars adventures already. Mm-hmm. And they also have Archie publishing Marvel reprints mm-hmm. for um, broader distributions. So it's just like, yep, this was kind of on the way we're, we're actually beginning to wonder like is there a chance that at some point Marvel or DC will just license out their superheroes to the other company mm-hmm. huh. yeah. is there a point where Marvel will be like screw it everybody's angry at us all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just pay DC to do a, Batman or a, a Spider-Man comic it's just Interesting. Like it's, that's the way the corporation world we live in now yeah. it's a plausibility
0: there's gonna be a day that comes when one company owns both Marvel and DC yeah a guaranteed and then at that point it doesn't matter
1: who what house is technically yeah. printing it yeah yeah
0: Disney's going to buy Time Warner or something yeah, to that effect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to kick off in November with a Spider-Man series featuring both Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. And then the Avengers come November and finally a Black Panther series in January of 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep. So no, no creative teams have been announced. But um, but look for those in late this year. Now we're talking about 2019
2: comics. Yeah. <laughs> Where did yeah. this year go? Yeah. Yes, it seriously. went fast. But that's really good because especially after the Black Panther movie, we have people asking about Black Panther and Black Panther's like right now seriously political. It's not like fun and lighthearted or anything like that. You don't want to hand it off to an eight-year-old. Not necessarily. And there's
1: only a handful of age-appropriate. There's like a Little Digest book and Mm -hmm. that's out of print now. And Um, then there's a uh, Golden Little book and that's about... There was like a,
2: a Black Panther Adventures or something. Yeah,
1: that's the one out of print, I think.
2: Not Golden Book, though. It was like a digest. Yeah,
1: that's the one that's out of print. The the, the, little, the digest, Marvel Adventures digest
2: Mm-mm. one? No, there's a one in between.
3: So, sidebar, what do you do when you have folks who are attracted to the film properties and they come into the store... Um, is it helpful to like steer them to the reprint collections, maybe? Because, yeah, I would not recommend um, a preteen who saw the Black Panther. I would not re- recommend the Tanashi Coates book to them because it's probably going to be super duper boring.
2: That's, yeah, that's pretty much how I think. I mean, I do have some kids who do read that, and they seem Mm -hmm. to be enjoying it. Okay, great. Um, But it's just not one that I always just, I'm like, you could read this, but I don't know. So I would try to do, like, the digest, like the newsprint ones that Archie does, if he had those, or maybe some sort of team thing, because it's just kind of hard to, like, he's a hard character to try to give to a child. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, even if you're going back to the... The stuff in the epic collection it's still i don't know if i'd want that well yeah i could give that to a 13 14 year old pretty easily
2: yeah i mean middle school is probably fine yeah yeah yep yep there'd be more attention there Mm -hmm. to like maybe more enjoyment yeah yeah
0: so yeah look for that later on this year and early next year um moving on fan graphics a favorite publisher of ours because they're they're local we've interviewed some of them um, they've announced the return of the comics journal Now, I had actually never heard of the comics journal before this uh, mm-hmm. this uh, press release was given out um, they,
1: they have the, the the web presence right now okay so they're they're still very very active they just gave up on print uh, quite a while ago
3: the comics journal was is for hardcore comic book connoisseurs <laughs> um, uh, I would only read it uh, when they're in you know, there was a piece on an artist I was particularly fond of. Um, like say if there's an interview with Alan Moore or um, Neil Adams, Jim Stranko, somebody like that, because um, these are not, these are not chintzy two, three page interviews. These are like whole Extensive. magazine yeah. long, um, unedited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that uh, it was a Gary grow that does the, the interviews. since the editor in chief. I don't know. Who okay. They're, there's a bunch of different people okay. working yeah. I think them it was but,
2: him in the article that yeah. said he was looking forward to doing interviews. Yeah, again. yeah. Um,
3: but I mean, author or however you pronounce uh, it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and for that reason alone, I was not always a big fan of it because, uh, frankly, I would look at the, the length of these interviews and the regularity that they came out, and I'm like, I guess I'm just not that hardcore. Okay. <laughs> I'm a
1: wimp. Well, it also depends. You say the hardcore connoisseur, but also it's a particular type of fan. Yeah. And it's the fan that definitely... Uh, is a fan of the idea of comics as an art form Mm -hmm. and is also the fan that's a little bit quicker to poo-poo on certain parts of the genre or the medium Mm -hmm. certain genres of the medium Uh um the amount of times there's been a comics journal article that's like here's the top 100 creators in the industry and like kirby and dick who are in there but they will basically completely ignore everybody else in the superhero medium Mm -hmm. um so
3: it's it can be an acquired taste, so are you saying there's a you, you found there's a bit of snobbery in there a little bit yeah <laughs> i would I would yeah. agree yeah yeah. Um, um, they, also I just I, I like to know where a, an artist Gets their inspiration from But I mean I remember reading like the, the Tim Truman piece and this is a long Time ago but like meticulously Discussing Everything he put on Paper mm-hmm. was just, like I don't need To know this and I can't imagine That the artist unless they're a relentless Narcissist really wants To go into that kind of detail on what they've Done
0: <laughs> but you know, that's just Me so, yeah. All right. So look for the next printed issue of <laughs> the comics journal. Comics journal. In uh, I think it's January.
1: They're no. quarterly, I think. Is the article said?
0: Maybe. I believe so. I've already closed the page. It's okay. Okay. Oh gosh darn it, Ben! <laughs> I'm moving on. Let's move on. Okay. And. Um, <laughs> Uh, I forward all y'all an interview with Tom King. We talked about Tom King last week because he needed a bodyguard at SDCC because some jerks were being jerks. And um, he was talking about breaking Batman and, like, how do you break Batman? You cannot physically break him because he gets beat up every night. You can't, like, you know, emotionally break him by killing Robin because they kill Robin every Friday. So how do you break Batman you break his heart. Sure. And so that's why <laughs> uh, that's why uh his his uh marriage he he was jilted. Yes. And um but what I took away from it is Tom King came up with that storyline mm-hmm. and I always thought people who did legacy characters like Batman or like Superman are given edicts of what to do and like okay and some editor at at DC was like all right We're going to have the story arc. We want Batman to go run up with a wedding with with Catwoman, and then she's going to leave him. Write it.
1: And that's not what happened. No, yeah. See, so I'm sure every editorial division and every company has different methods of approaching it, but... I'll give you an example that I read about when Marvel decided to do the clone saga. And that's that at that point in time, they were trying to compete against DC and the death of Superman and the breaking of Batman and all these other things. And they're like, we need to do something like do something with Spider-Man. So they got a room full of people and they just said, you will not be punished. Say whatever you want to say, throw out (laughs) the ideas. And somebody is like clowns. And they're like, do it. You're on top of the book. <laughs> like that's a real meeting. So that's how some of the stuff just happens. Wow. Is that I'm sure they have certain like hardcore anchors at certain times for mm-hmm. like you yeah. know uh, try not to do this for too long. We already we already had Joker show up five times. Like that's the cap for the year. Yeah. But otherwise they were just kind of like, "What you got, Tom?" And he's like, "I'm gonna make Batman cry." <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "Go with it." So <laughs> all right. Sorry, our giggling is just that. The story is still entertaining, but we find it very humorous (laughs) that Bane's just like, I'm going to make you cry. (laughs) Yeah. And he's just like, we're going to break your heart. Yeah. And it's just like... It's just a weird approach for a supervillain, right. yeah. especially Bane, who's like big muscle guy yeah. well, on steroids. Yeah. And he's just like, how do I make him sad? His
3: muscles have muscles. Yes. Let's manipulate Selena to leave him. Yes. <laughs> okay. Wait, she was manipulated? A little bit. Oh. <laughs> Where have you by, been? By characters or by the storyteller?
2: I would say all maybe m- maybe more coercion. Oh. Oh. You know, dropping some little, like... I just
3: have not followed the story at all.
2: Hey, did you ever think about that?
3: Uh-huh. Here's a little <laughs> bit like,
2: hmm. else
1: that makes it sillier and funnier. So he's going through this long, long plot to make Batman sad. And... They they reveal that we're past spoilers. It's fine for spoilers now, It's I think. too late now. It's too we're late. so
2: deep. And they reveal
1: <laughs> that he's been plotting this for years, and there's like a room full of people who are in on the plot, mm-hmm. like the Riddler, the Joker, um, other kind of heroes. And included in the room is Booster Gold's little robot Skeets. Right. I remember you putting that out. Yeah. yeah. And it's just kind of like your plan <laughs> to make him cry is so meticulous you included a time-traveling robot just to break his heart. It's the long con. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, it's just very funny to me that that's the level of storytelling we're getting. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All <laughs> uh, right,
0: let's move on. Um, Robert Kirkman's Super Dinosaur is going to get an animated adaptation. Mm-hmm. Is I've never heard of Super Dinosaur before, but it sounds
3: awesome. Yeah, you know. I think I read them. It came yeah, they and it was yeah. Pretty yeah, they went. Yeah, they were they were yeah. aimed at young adults, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, like it's basically pre-tunes. a it Dinosaurs felt like a Saturday morning cartoon yeah. style. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex with the wrist-mounted rocket launchers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yep. mm-hmm. and big old robo arms. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, right, because it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> I'm just now looking at the picture, and his like his robot arms are the big arms, but his little, little arms, arms are running, running the joysticks.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's,
1: it's fun. It, is, it was actually a lot of fun. It's just that it's now it's seven years old, like eight yeah. years old, so it's interesting yeah. that it's coming back. So yeah.
0: Well, I mean... Uh, he probably minutes.
3: sold it seven years ago. And I'm sure someone it. was like,
0: uh... Walking
3: Dead is popular. Does Kirkman have anything else we can sell? Well, yeah, no. There was after the 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 rise of Walking Dead. Anything that he was writing was yeah. like bank uh, Thief of Thieves, Outcast, and, and Outcast. Yeah. Well, Outcast is a TV series that oh, I have already. not seen. Uh, I never read the comic, but Thief of Thieves was ridiculous. That first issue skyrocketed in value. It's still worth something. Oh no, it's not. I couldn't get <laughs> I, rid of them well, on technically eBay. Technically, yeah, is, yeah. Yes. No, yeah. Yes. People think they are. So yeah. there's, but um. But yeah, like within a month or so, it was like people were trying to sell it for eighty dollars. I think for a, a, a tight window there, people bought it for eighty dollars. But no, I came across first second uh, issues and first printings, and I could not get rid of them. So yeah, <laughs> no. Um, okay, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: I'm definitely, I definitely <laughs> want to watch it, especially now that you know. Especially now that I know he's a little. A little. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, Black Panther, Black Panther's sister Shuri is getting her own ongoing title these days. Um, this is going to be, uh, according to Bustle magazine, it's going to be written by Nettie Okorafor and and drawn by Leonardo Romero. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean we like all things Black Panther here, so I just wanted to bring that up. It's
2: just, a oh sorry no, go no, ahead you go ahead <laughs> no you go no you okay. go um it's the movie Shuri just to.
0: It's the movie version it's not, of
2: her. It's not comics, Shuri. Yeah,
0: there's there's some drastic differences.
2: There's some drastic differences. Is
0: that a thing? Is it like, how different Shuri is it? Shuri
2: in the comics is very serious.
1: Yeah. And she was Black Panther for a good yes. chunk of time.
2: And movie movie Shuri is, what are those? Right, so, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a little different. <laughs> Look at those shoes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm also, I'm, I'm nervous about the word ongoing because it's usually with Marvel, it's ongoing until it's not.
0: They're right, going to you
2: break know. your heart. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. Bane's in the corner, like, <laughs> let's make a new
2: comic. It will be ongoing. No, it
0: will You are new to depression, but I was born in it, molded <laughs> <Yeah>. by it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right.
2: It's all Bane. The it's, it. so See, it. it's all Bane.
0: <laughs> um, let's move on, and let's talk about uh, Christopher Priest. He's returning to the Spider-Verse with the Spider-Force. And I tried to open the page that I found this from, man. I'm getting a 404 error. Yeah, it was
1: error. gone. I, I had to hunt it down after that. Yeah. Yeah, so he's basically making X-Force, but with spider people. Okay. Yeah. He's just getting the serious dark spider people to go on a suicide mission. And it's like, oh, okay, that's the guy to do that story, yeah. I guess. But it's priest, though, fun. so it's going to
3: have some Some fun stuff. Some yeah, yeah, satirical aspect to it, right? Yeah. Promise me? Yeah. Because no, it just no, sounds uh, dreary. No, it's actually like, sports with spider people. just sounds freaking dreary. No,
1: one of them's like Spider Lad of the future, and he's like a cosmonaut with spider power. So, yeah. Spider like,
3: Lad 2099? That would be great, actually.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: you remember that. Bless you. So, uh, that was a thing, actually. Yeah, yeah Spider Man 2099, long? the whole 2099 universe. Well, no, but there was also
1: a Spider Boy twenty. 2099, uh, the amalgam. So I thought that's what you were doing. Oh, yeah.
3: no, I just pulled that out of the bud ether. <laughs> oh, <okay>. nice. <laughs> uh. Spider everything, man. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. There should yeah. be a spider
1: T-Rex at some point. Spider the T-Rex.
0: Oh, oh with A little oh, tiny arms.
2: <laughs> break Ooh, the spider
0: yeah. heart. Oh, anyway, so Where I just thought that was the hearts and
3: spiders. I don't know.
2: Just imagine the Charlie's Angel version of like the T Rex with like little tiny arms everywhere. Like oh, the silhouette yes. on that would be real sweet. Strike a pose. So T Rex yeah. podcast
1: is coming up now. <laughs> totally.
2: <laughs> we have lots to talk about, guys. Yes. All right. Tiny
1: All
0: right. arms.
2: Tiny arms.
0: And let's move on to book report, everybody. Oh, and, uh, Nicole, let's start with you. What do you want to tell us about?
2: I want to tell you about Ruin World by Derek Lofman It's a an adventure title that is published by Kaboom. And it is uh, like a pure fantasy action adventure series uh, marketed to all ages. And it focuses on a fox warrior who's really good and a pig who is really bad at combat, but really, really wants to do adventuring. Um, And uh, there's a Cthulhu monster that shows up in an abandoned tower, and you know, there's thieves around stealing things they shouldn't. Um, And it's just got really great art, really fun. I'm super stoked for this title. And I really like having something that's like a real pure fantasy adventure title um, for all ages, because I think that there is a lot of mashups happening these days, and it's always nice to have have things that uh, really fulfill on that adventuring. So short and sweet and to the point, I just want you all to go out and read it. Um, it's very cute art. I follow Derek on Instagram, and his stuff is just delightful. So I definitely recommend following him, um, checking stuff out, and then picking up Ruin World. It's a five-issue limited series unless it's not because sometimes (laughs) things are popular yeah kaboom and boom are like the opposite where they're like it's all limited until it's not
1: (laughs) oh it's making money make more ongoing exactly
2: 52 issues of lumberjanes (laughs) later yes cool Mm -hmm.
1: rune rolled thank you nicole uh chris what do you got for us Uh, So I read Rob Guillory's Farmhand, first issue, new image series. Uh, Rob Guillory is the artist from uh, Chew, the uh, hit dark comedy crime series from a few years back. And uh, so this is him doing story and art and doing the the full thing. And um, did you all see that movie Phenomena with uh, Travolta? Why? No. Why would we want to? Okay, no. no. It's just a Sorry. point of reference because, like, magic light hits purse farmer in the in the oh. head and he gets smart. So that happens. This guy gets ph- phenomenon. and <laughs> that's all I can think. Of. Sorry, it was brilliant. And uh, instead of of becoming John Travolta, he gets more interesting. He. Uh, <laughs> he basically finds a way to make genetic plant hybrids that grow body parts. So there's kidney trees and there's like eyeball plants and he can make you new lungs and everything. And so he's, he's reinvented the medical world with it. Um, the m- main character is actually his son who uh, is trying to reconnect with his father and move back to town and brings his wife and two children with him. So you get one story is this family story trying to focus on them reuniting and getting over whatever past problems they had. And then you have a much darker seedier story, uh, sorry for the pun, um, that yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's all sorts of government forces or other people that want in on the secrets of this farm and uh, people trying to steal the rogue body parts and um, the, the farmer in charge has a bit of a dark secret side going. So there's uh, a lot of interesting subplots developing, some good characterization, and and a lot happens in one issue. Mm-hmm. So, really good first impressive outing for uh, number one issue from Image. It's only $3.99. Cool. So, All
0: right. Well, Farmhand. Thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. And finally, Cole Hornaday. What do you got for us?
3: Um, well, I read uh, the collected uh, or the trade paperback uh, Paul Jenkins and Leela Leitz's Alters from uh, Aftershock. I read the first issue when it first when it came out. I think Nicole may have reviewed it back in the day. Um, but I, I picked it up and I enjoyed it, but I didn't feel any sense of forward momentum um, to actually read the series. So I, I happen upon the, the trade that just came out, and it collects, I think, the first five issues yeah, um, right. of the series. Uh, and please bear with me because I'm really excited about a lot of what's happening with this book, but with the way my life worked out It perfectly dovetailed with an academic uh, study that I've been reading by uh, uh, Ramsey Fawaz. (laughs) Who reads academic studies? Cole does. (laughs) Cole does because he tries to incorporate it into the other crapola that he does with his wife. So life wife life yes Whoops. so the the new mutants uh, by Ramsey Fawaz is uh, about superheroes and the radical imagination of American comics primarily and how um, uh, uh, comic books especially Silver Age comic books starting with the Fantastic Four and the early x-men uh, rewrote um, uh, the rewrote the narrative as far as uh, uh, what was normative and non-normative and ta- opened up the doors of talking about um, uh, bodies and gender and queer theory and transgender politics and realities in comic books. Uh, and the the Fawaz's uh, discussion has really been truly interesting to me, and I thought it was kind of cool that, like, I read Alters, and let me tell you the story of Alters. Alters is a story <laughs> of this... Uh, 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 teen superhero named chalice um and uh you know she's going up against uh this big bad called the the matter man who i think his mo is he actually eats other super beings and absorbs their powers i'm not really clear on that but the reveal at the end of the first issue is that chalice is actually um a a transgender um and is uh male at home with her family Um, and, uh, that kind of, to me was like, uh, the perfect end of the road of what Fawaz has been talking about where, um, I want to try and read this quote to you really quick here because there's a lot of lovely quotes in this book. This is relating to the Fantastic Four, uh, recasting the superhero as a paragon of non-normative gender and sexual identity, a figure whose deviant bodily morphology could open up the superhero to a universe of equally deviant relations. The final image can help illuminate how the Fantastic Four, the Fantastic Four queering of the superhuman, became a common trope extending into the seventies. Um, just giving permission to how we tell these stories and um, and and making um, uh, this this aspect of reality of these people's reality. Um, uh, do I want to say normalizing it? I think that's a lot of what is happens in these kinds of stories. And I think that's the joy and the benefit of reading these stories, at least for me. And that's what's happening in altars. Um, uh, that's, there's, a, there's a certain aspect to it that's, that's saying, um, uh, this is not deviant. This is, this is normal. This is how these people live their lives. And we should celebrate who these people are. Now, um, the comic book in and of itself is a triumph because of these things. However, I wish it had a bigger kick to it, because when all is said and done, um, even though I like Jenkins as a storyteller, um, he introduces a lot of characters, and I feel that the character of Chalice gets lost in this giant ensemble, because Charlie has a huge family, there are supporting characters, there's a superhero team that Chalice is joining, and there are also bad guys that work under Matterman. And I, I... I'm reluctant to say I'm going to pursue the se- the series because it doesn't have the edge that I think it needs to keep me engaged in it, but that doesn't mean it's not a good story, and that doesn't mean it's not a story that we need to be reading right now, because I think it is.
0: So there's a lot there, but you
3: want more there there. Absolutely. All right. Yes, I do think it's a triumph for what it is. I love that I live in a reality that this is where we are right now, that we're telling stories about transgender superheroes. I love that. I kind of set my expectation higher based on having read superhero comics for, you know, my entire life, so.
2: And he's focusing on different subject matter. so he mm-hmm. focuses a lot on Chalice in the first volume. Right. There's some expansion on, on her family in the second volume, cool. as well as they're dealing with homelessness in the second volume. So you are still volume. following the
3: series? Mm-hmm. okay? Um.
2: Okay. So it looks like they're going to, and this... So in the single issues, they had articles. Okay, they do include the articles in the back of this, Mm -hmm. which is good, because what Paul Jenkins is out to do is not just tell a story, but he's also um, consulting with a lot of different people. So he consults with a lot of transgender uh, people about the character and about their lives and stuff like that. And then in the second one, he um, does talk to people who uh, have dealt with or are currently experiencing homelessness. Um, So there is some of that that's incorporated into the comic as well as you know what you see in the panels okay yeah all
3: right i'm sorry i was looking for another uh, quote from um fawaz so by the by fawaz is transgender as well um if you get an opportunity to see history channels um i believe it's called the superheroes decoded um ben saunders uh the professor at university of oregon who also curated the marvel uh mopop exhibit um is one of the go-to talking heads persons and fawaz is as well so um, uh, and here's a little uh, personal point of connection is Saunders teaches at my former alma mater the University of Oregon teaches comic books Fawaz teaches at my former alma mater the University of Madison, Wisconsin <laughs> Wisconsin and Madison uh, is an, he's, uh, he's an associate professor there so like I just am getting it from all sides, from my alma mater, people writing epidemic works on comic books, and it's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, darn it. I'm not going to be able to find this. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What was that? Here we are. All right. This is in, in, in particularly pertaining to X-Men. I just love what Fawaz has been talking about, even though it's pretty dense. Um uh, he's talking about uh, 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 genetics and genomes, and uh, if superheroes were now understood as genetic aberrations, or as was the case with the X-Men, mutants who represented the next step in human evolution, they could become a rich they could become a rich site for, for performing and contesting the ways that biological realities, including genetic lineage, were understood or constructed as realities. Far from becoming a fixed material fact, the concept of quote mutation or genetic Diversity in the Marvel Universe worked as an elastic metaphor for the vast array of differences based on race, class, gender, sexuality, generation, uh, and the and ability that would become the mainstay of late '60s and '70s uh, cultural uh, politics. So. Um, I, I love going back and reading this kind of stuff and going, oh, there's a new there's a new take on stuff I've always loved, and I really appreciate that. So, um, I uh, would you, Nicole, what do you say? Should I keep should I stick with alters?
2: Well, it depends because it yeah. is kind of it's just a superhero analog, right? And it's not necessarily bringing anything new to the table right. in that superhero genre. Okay. What it brings is it's talking about different ways of life, uh-huh. and I really like the art from, from Lila Lee's. Mm -hmm. Um, So that carries it for me. Okay. The superhero story is a little generic. I can ride with that. Yes. Um, But I don't think that it is the thing that's going to spark you. Okay. It has to be the stuff kind of around it. Yes. Yeah,
3: definitely. Mm -hmm. All right. Great. Thanks for your help. I appreciate it.
2: Mm
0: All right, Alters, Volume 1. Thank you, Cole. Well, that is Book Report, and that is our show, and coming up is quiz time. But before we go, I want to tell you that the Perfect Bound Podcast is brought to you by The Panel Jumper. See everything Cole Hornaday and I do at thepaneljumper.com, as well as Comics Dungeon here at 319 Northeast 45th Street, beautiful downtown Wallingford, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at... ComicsEngine.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or however you get your podcast at uh, PerfectBombPodcast.com. <laughs> or send us an email at PerfectBombPodcast at gmail.com. And our friends, it's
1: quiz time. Get your quiz hats on. This week, our questions come
0: to us from Mr. Chris Casso. it All on right. us,
1: Chris. So this quiz time is called Unbreak My Heart. And it's. <laughs> uh, Because of all the sad weddings and superheroes (laughs) that uh, don't actually end up with weddings. Um, Because Kitty and Colossus did not get married and neither did Batman and Catwoman. So first question, this rubbery sleuth and brunette socialite first met with when the detective used the pretense of catching jewel thieves to catch a glimpse of his lovely future wife. They soon entered into a whirlwind romance where they married a short time later with Barry Allen serving as the best man. What followed was a life of adventures and superheroics as she stuck by his side as he traveled around the globe and they solved mysteries together. Who is this couple? No. <laughs> uh, Ralph and Sue Dibney, the oh, elongated man yes. Yes. and his wife. Uh, okay, <laughs> next question. Making comic book history in 2012 as the first same-sex marriage in the Marvel Universe, this Canadian speedster and longtime member of the superhero team Alpha Flight married Kyle Jannadu, the manager for his sports brand. Mm-hmm. Nearly 10 years after this hero first came out as gay, same-sex marriage was legalized in New York, and soon after, the two characters became the first couple of Mary Med in Marvel in the pages of Astonishing X-Men number 51, and they remain together to this day. I hope. I don't think anyone's killed them yet. <laughs> Who is this hero? Northstar, Northstar. Northstar. Next question. Meeting on the romantic location known as Battleworld, where superheroes and villains were plucked by a godlike entity to battle to the death for entertainment, this power couple would quickly fall in love, get married, and be a thorn in the sides of Thor, She-Hulk, and most of the Avengers for years to come. One was granted his powers by Loki, while the other was remade from a scrawny bully girl into a massive powerhouse by Doctor Doom. Who are these happily married criminals?
2: Is it Crusher Creel and Titania? Yeah,
1: Absorbing Man and Titania.
2: What's her name? Mary? Uh, Mary something. It sounds right. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, they were in Black
2: Bolt, it was cute. Yes.
1: Yes, they're actually a very adorable evil couple. They're great. (laughs) IDW's Transformers comics have created a specific term for one Transformers significant other, an individual that they deeply love. These are the equivalent of spouses. For example, when the life of a Transformer is threatened to the point of of death, it falls upon their partner to make medical decisions on their behalf. James Roberts, one of the key writers of these comics, found that both IDW and Hasbro were very supportive and indeed encouraging about having uh, same-sex marriages between characters such as Chromedome and Rewind, and uh, so they developed an entire cultural context behind these marriages. What is this union called? No one's gonna I conduit? wish I knew. That would be a good name. Yeah. You know? Conjuxendura. Oh my goodness! Well, that's a lot of
3: words.
1: (laughs) That's not even a
3: word. Yeah, that's uh, no. Actually, conduit.
1: Conjux is uh, is uh, is a real word. I just forgot. Uh, I forgot to write uh, that down. Sure it is. (laughs) Last question. After waiting for 58 years to happen, this marriage has since survived an identity crisis, an infinite crisis, a final crisis, Blackest Night, a Flashpoint, a New 52, a Convergence, and a lot of bad writers. And while it will probably go through a few more bad patches, Grant Morrison has assured us it will survive into the 853rd century where they will live happily ever after. Who is this? Is it Hal Jordan and Carol Ferris? hope. Lois and Clark. Superman and what Oh, oh because
2: the other Superman didn't count because it wasn't super...
1: Superman. It kinda counts now. Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing. But yes. <laughs> did so. you say Morris or Lois and Clark? No, but I mean what writer did you think? Morrison.
3: About? Yeah.
1: Grant Morrison did a story uh-huh. where in the eight hundred and fifty-third century right. Superman came from the sun. And they
3: resurrected Lois Lane, yes. and they get to live happily ever after I remember that. until the end of time. I just think that you wow. should give me credit for a really super-duper good guess. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, half point to Cole.
1: <laughs> woo Half point!
0: Well, that is quiz time. Thank you, Chris. You could apply that half point at nothing. <laughs> it's my new prize. And thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>